What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Ricky Hamley on the episode today. You guys, I'm really excited. Ricky and I connected via Instagram, and I don't know a whole lot about her story, uh, but I'm really interested to find out a little bit more. Her and I were chatting before this, just kind of like talking about all the the roller coasters of this whole experience and um, you guys are going to be able to relate to her a whole lot so hi Ricky how are you good thanks for having me I'm great absolutely I'm excited to have you so I'm just going to kind of throw it at you and you can start wherever you want with your story okay so uh, first off I'm Ricky Hamley I'm uh, 28 years old. I have been married to my husband, Cole, for 10 years, and we were high school sweethearts, so we've been together for um, almost 13 years. Oh my total. goodness. <laughs> yes. So um, we uh, got married in um, it's a, uh, July of 2009, and we knew, I mean, even before we got married, we got married young. I was, I was like, hold up, how old are you? <laughs> Yes, I was I was almost 19 when we got married. I was a couple months shy, but we knew from pretty much the get-go like we wanted to start a family face soon and we always knew that we wanted a big family. So, um I was really I guess not that knowledgeable at that point in time about, you know, conceiving and stuff. To me, I just thought you did the deed and yeah, you're um, pregnant. You know, eventually <laughs> you you wind up pregnant. So, um I, uh, we went on our honeymoon and came back and I kind of was having some other issues, um, going on. And so I was, I was seeing just my family care doctor and that was going on for about a month. I'm not, but then the, so I had went into an appointment about a month later after we got back from our honeymoon and, um, they were running a bunch of blood tests and, we surprisingly found out that we were pregnant <laughs> through that just that blood test. I hadn't even missed a period or anything at that point. So it happened uh, so like I, right away for you. Yeah, I w- it was pretty early and I was super early. I think okay. I was only about three weeks and some odd days at that point mm-hmm. um, in that pregnancy. And so we were, of course, excited and we're shocked that it happened so quickly. I had been on birth control for like ever. Um, and so... Um, all throughout my teenage years, I guess you could say. And then, so I expected it to kind of take a little bit more time, especially for my body to regulate after getting off the birth control. But anyways, so it did happen and we were super excited and, you know, um, I kind of jumped into it, I guess, as any first time mom that hasn't dealt with trauma, I guess you could say. I jumped in and was super excited and we talked about baby names um, you know, buying things and, you know, even though we were super early, it was just something I really indulged into the moment. And, uh, so I was going to college a little bit, um, part-time at that time. And 
I remember one day I kind of felt a little bit off. Um, I just kind of was, I, my stomach hurt, but it wasn't more, it wasn't crampy, but I just felt weird. I I didn't feel, feel well. Um, and so I ended up going home early that day and then I went home and I remember laying on the couch and my husband, um, had got home from work and I noticed that I did start to cramp and I got up and to do whatever. And I felt a big gush and I obviously panicked Mm -hmm. and I, went into the bathroom and there was a lot of um, blood and so I I panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, we, you know, we have to go to the ER. And um, I was about six weeks at this point. So we went into the ER, you know, they do all their fancy stuff. You know, they don't really help the situation. (laughs) In my experience with miscarriages, I feel like the ER is kind of just a cold place where they're just, you know, they treat you like just another person and I, uh, so they came in and um I, they did an ultrasound and they did see that say that they had saw a heartbeat which was to me I was like oh wow you know super reassuring like oh you know I I was so I guess uh not knowledgeable about I was uneducated about the whole pregnancy thing at that point in time that I I just thought like, oh, there's a heartbeat. That means that it's, you know, I'm out of the woods. This is fine. Yeah. And uh, so I ended, they wanted me to follow up with my um, doctor uh, a couple days later, which I ended up going. I did still, I still had bleeding. I still was bleeding quite a bit, actually. And so, but, you know, since they saw the heartbeat, I was just really didn't think anything of it and was like, this is just something that's going on. So we went in and saw my doctor. They did an ultrasound. They did see another heartbeat, saw the heartbeat again. And they had told me that I had a subchorionic bleed, which they explained to me is, you know, pretty common. And just to take it easy. And, you know, I'd follow up in four weeks after that appointment. So um, I had, you know, the week started to go by and there for a little bit, you know, I kind of had some symptoms. I didn't feel like crazy pregnant. I didn't feel really nauseous or anything. I just felt a little bit off from my normal self. I was hoping that I would like get a more definite sign that things might be progressing a little bit better. But I just, I had, my bleeding had stopped after I'd seen my doctor. And so in my head, I was just thinking, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And so I remember I went out to lunch. I was about almost 10 weeks and I was just a few days away from my next appointment. And I went out to lunch with my mother-in-law and I remember sitting there and I was just like, I don't, I don't feel pregnant anymore. Like I had lost the tenderness in my breast. I just didn't, and not that I, now that I'm more, (laughs) I'm a much more educated mom and like been through pregnancy. I know that that doesn't mean anything, but in my head, I was like, that's gone away. And uh, I just didn't, I, I had lost everything. I just did not feel pregnant at all. I started getting anxiety. So I ended up calling my doctor's nurse that day. I went home from lunch and I, I called him and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm probably just freaking out over nothing. I'm not bleeding. I'm not having anything, but I just don't feel pregnant. And I, 
I'm just, I feel off, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's come in and um, let's reassure you, you know? And I was shocked. I was like, that was really easy. Like, I just, I was so excited and was like, okay, well, I don't even have to wait this extra, however many days I was away from my original appointment. And so my husband was logging a logger at the time. So he was up in the woods and he actually only came home like on the weekends. So my mother-in-law um, took me to that ultrasound and it was at the end of the day and my doctor wasn't in. So I was just having the ultrasound and we would go from there. And so um, we got there to the appointment and uh they did a transvaginal ultrasound and as soon as they got the wand in and I just knew that it was not a good, I kept asking, is there a heartbeat? Is there a heartbeat? And she wouldn't, she didn't want to say. And, um, I, as her quietness was making me panic more. And so I was like, I just need you to say it's okay. You know, if, if that's what's happening. And she was like, I can't say, you know, and I was just like, just tell me. And she's yeah. like, there, there isn't a heartbeat. And I, uh, oh gosh, it was, I don't even know how to describe that feeling. I don't want to get emotional about yeah. it. I don't know how to, how do you expect, or like, how would you expect yourself to feel? You can never like really plan for it. And I was just, I felt like I lost a piece of myself just right there in that room. And they, the nurse came out and she talked to me and she's like, the doctor's not here today, you know, but let's get you in first thing in the morning and let's, you know, we'll talk to them and talk to him and see what, you know, the best plan of action was. Cause, um, I don't remember exactly what the baby was measuring, but it had passed away and it uh, had been gone for some weeks at that point. And my body wasn't showing any symptoms or anything of that other than my lack of pregnancy sy- symptoms. I wasn't bleeding, wasn't having any cramping or anything like that. And so, I mean, I was really just caught off guard. And it, um, so I called my husband and he came home and he was able to um, go with me that next morning to the appointment. And... I just, um, I wanted it to be over. I didn't want, I'm sorry. I just wanted it to be over. I didn't want to keep going on, you know, wondering when my body would catch on and get with the program and then miscarry naturally. And so we decided that we would go. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We decided that we would do the DNC. And it was the day before my 19th birthday. And I just remember sitting back in the um, pre op room and I was just sobbing. And the nurses, like every nurse would stop by and they'd be like, they would just come in and try to comfort me. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can hear you sobbing down the hallway, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> I was a mess and it was something, you know, I was so young Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I just was so naive to how. Uh, That's the word that I use for myself. That's really what it feels like. 
Yeah, and I just think that a lot of people just never think that it will happen to them. That's not me. That won't happen to me. And that's how I felt. I was just so caught off guard. And so once we went through the procedure and stuff, I, my recovery was fine. I hurt more emotionally than I, than I did anything else. And uh, we knew that we definitely wanted to try again as soon as we could. And our doctor told us that, um, you know, whenever we felt ready, um, he gave us the go-ahead. That, that was fine. Um, and so we um, went on. And um, so that was in November of 2009 that I miscarried. Um, and so we went on and had just wanted to you know keep on with our we kept the hope alive you know <laughs> trying to you know at least we can get pregnant and it happened so quickly we just expected it to kind of just happen you know mm -hmm. especially yeah. if we were trying you know we were like heck if we put more effort into it then maybe we'll get pregnant really quickly mm -hmm. and we did and it didn't happen that way <laughs> um so it actually took us um about eight months which realistically I guess isn't a long time there's a lot of women that you know go years and years and mm -hmm. uh, but you know I think everybody can, that has been in that situation can relate that each month is oh, yeah. like a million years when you're longing to be a parent it's yeah. like no no like it's just long no matter what you know what yeah. I mean? yeah and like three I months feels like forever yeah you know? it's like it seriously was the longest period of time in my life I I swear it was mm -hmm. I uh, uh a lot happened in between that time too so um I had my best friend actually when I had gotten pregnant my best friend was pregnant at the same time we were actually only due I think 10 days apart and so you know I she went, her pregnancy went on to be successful, and um, I was really excited to be a part of that, but it was also a reminder, you know, of mm -hmm. where I would have been in my pregnancy, and so I did struggle. I mean, it was hard, and of course, I wanted to be there for her, and I was happy for her, but I struggled a lot. I cried a lot, just, mm -hmm. um, you know, dealing with that and uh I, we also had a couple family members that um came up pregnant unexpectedly which we were of course happy for them um, i i is a blessing no matter what in my opinion and i just so i we were happy for them but i remember one particular family member had come over right after we had it was actually only about three weeks after I'd had my DNC and I, it's so crazy how I remember this moment. I was sitting on the floor and I was eating a bowl of uh, Lucky Charms. And I remember they looked over and said, you know, we think we might be pregnant. And I was like, you think, you know? And I just was like, I, I just lost it. Like yeah. I, it took everything I had to like hold back the emotion right there in front of them. And I mean, I was so honored that they were confiding in us and excited to tell us, but I, it was, holy cow, it was a punch in the heart 
that's how I, yeah. that's the only way yeah. I can describe it. That feeling, I just felt and like there was so much weight on my chest. And everyone listening to this knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Random and question. I, I have a random question. Do Lucky Charms trigger you now? No, actually not <laughs> at all. Not at all. I, and every time, but every time I eat it though, I do think, think about, about it. it? Yeah. I do think about it, but I'm, I still have a good relationship with oh, the Lucky Charms. Oh, good. So, anyways, um, you know, and we had another family member that had a similar situation. And uh, so, you know, I obviously was dealing with those emotions. And each time somebody would announce that they were pregnant, it just felt like a lifetime more mm-hmm. that I was waiting. And, like, why is this not happening? Why? You so- know what else is kind of a weird thing <laughs> with that? Is it's, like, you're happy for them, but you're also, like, really sad for yourself. But yep. then you're kind of sad that you're feeling sad about something happy. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? It's a really hundred percent, hundred percent. That is exactly you just like described it to a T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I think we were about six months in to um, trying, and usually, I mean, some people, you know, they tell you to wait a year. But my doctor had been um, following up closely with me after my first miscarriage, just because he knew that um, it was something, you know, having a child was definitely something that we wanted to do. And he's like, I'm here for anything, you know, even if you just need to come in for, to talk it over in me, you know, for us to find ways to help reassure you that things are fine, we'll do that. And so about six months in is when we decided that we're going to just go in and make sure that everything's okay. After the DNC, we weren't dealing with any, like, massive scar tissue, which we didn't anticipate or anything like that. But, you know, we just, at that point, I was just like, why isn't it happening? And I want an answer. Yeah. So we went in and we did some blood tests and stuff like that. And they did some, they did an ultrasound and everything came back amazing. <laughs> so um, basically the doctor was just like, your time's coming, like, every mm-hmm. month. And it su- everybody says this to you, like, every month closer you know I'm just like yeah but how much closer yeah (laughs) (laughs) I want to know now when it's gonna happen so that was in June when we um went in for that appointment and um but something about that appointment so my best friend actually ended up having her baby shortly after that too so after I was there for the birth and stuff and after she had had her son it was like a whole new like wave of hope like blew into my body and I was more determined than ever like I'm gonna do anything I'm gonna do it all I'll do it whatever I gotta do to get this baby so I did um, never feel more crazy yeah yeah trying to have a baby (laughs) exactly and so I um a, a month went by and we were approaching our one year wedding anniversary I was actually due for my period on our one year anniversary, but I think any person that's trying to conceive can, well, most can relate to this, the early testing. Oh, yes. And I was, I, it was July 21st of 2010. And I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. I had an interview that morning. I was just like, this is going to be a good day. And I'm going to, I'm going to pee on a stick and I'm going to go nail this interview and I'm going to have an amazing day. And, um, so I did, and what do you know, there was a little faint pink line looking right back at me, and I 
ran into my husband, crazy person like, and was like, put your glasses on, you know, look at this. He's like, I have contacts in and uh, do you see a second line? And he's like, uh, duh. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Well, at least your <laughs> husband said that he saw it because my husband, if it was faint, he would yeah. be like, I don't see anything. And I'm like, it's there. <laughs> well, I tra- I've trained over the years, I've trained Cole up with like a line. He's got good squinter eyes. eyes he can for lines. Them. Yeah. He, he has got it. He's the pro now. But um, so he was, he said, saw it. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, while I'm out after the interview, I'll go and grab. Um, another, I was just using like the cheap, uh, ones that you can get off an- Amazon, like the little skinny, One bows, yeah, yeah. Those little strips. Yep. Yeah. So I was, I had got that and I was like, well, I kind of trust it, but I kind of don't. And I guess I think, especially after you've gone through loss, I mean, seeing that line or those two lines mean so much and you just want to keep seeing them. So, mm-hmm. um, that kind of triggered a little bit of a pan on a stick addiction for myself oh yes but um so I went and got another test and our first response and um came home later that afternoon and tested again it was definitely positive so I was like I was so excited and it was just in time for our anniversary so it was super special and I just had a good feeling like it was weird that I didn't have fear like I, I, I there was something in the back of my mind that was like oh you know you could get burned again but you know I was really just in it I yeah. was so again found, did you find I was, yourself being able to kind of dive into it like yeah and which okay. was super weird and I will come back to this point later on in the <laughs> okay. other miscarriages but I, I I was able to indulge in it and I was excited and um you know everything just went good the pregnancy was amazing um so that pregnancy resulted in my first daughter and her name is tucker and she's now eight um so the only problem that i had with that pregnancy was that i had the um intrauterine growth restriction um and so she was born at 37 weeks um, it was really mild. She w- actually wasn't even as small as they anticipated. She was came out at five, six. So she was a pretty good size for 37 weeks. But the pregnancy was good. Um, and yeah, so I was super excited. After that pregnancy, that just ignited the fire to have this amazing family. I just was like, ah, that miscarriage has taught, you know, taught me a lot. But like, my daughter has the birth of my child after that loss has taught me a lot more. And so we were ready to go. Um, so when we decided we, she was seven months when we decided that we're going to go ahead and start trying since it took us so long, not so long, but it took us long, longer than we had hoped yeah. uh, to get pregnant with her. We decided that we were going to go ahead and try again in September of 2011 is when we decided to start. And, of course, it decided to take its sweet time. And we didn't get pregnant until March of 2012. So it was about, uh, what is that, six months, seven months, something like that? Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, 
in March of that year, it was right before my daughter's first birthday, I decided to test and um, it was positive and we were super excited and we didn't really think anything of it. We just were like, here we go, we're going to have another baby. And um, so about three days after I took that test, I tested again and I noticed that the line, this is like totally where the addiction thing comes in. I feel the, like, yeah. <laughs> the line was lighter. And I didn't know what that meant at that time. I was like, hmm, I was expecting it to be like really dark at that or pretty dark at that point. And so um, I got another one. I went to the store and got another test and um, tested later that day. And it was actually even lighter. And so I went to good old Google mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, uh, I learned about a chemical pregnancy. And, um, so I had to, I had already anticipated it happening. And that night I ended up, um, starting my period and it was super discouraging. Uh, I, I just remember sobbing. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. remember sobbing and, um, I, I just didn't think that it would ever happen to us again. I thought, yeah. you know, you know, I just was so uneducated about how common miscarriage is and how many people really deal deal with it and how many people deal with more than one. Yeah. You know? And I just couldn't believe that that was us. Like, why? What's happening? What's going on with my body? And but since it was an early um, an early miscarriage, you know, I just kind of, you know, prayed about it. And um, we finally were we're at peace, you know, and was like, well, it just was something that, you know, it was something beyond our control as most miscarriages are, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, we talked to my doctor about it and he explained, you know, basically about the chemical pregnancy and stuff and that it would probably be okay for us to go ahead and start right away since it was such an early, um, it was such an early loss. And if, if that's what we wanted to do, which, we decided we would go ahead and just start trying right away. And so that next month in April of 2012, I um, was pregnant again. <laughs> and I, this time was the very first time that I was cautious. Like it's when that you see those lines, but you don't even let yourself get to that point where you're like, yeah, it's like fear just comes over and you're like, Oh great. Oh great. Now I have to go on this roller, co- this part of the roller coaster. That's like, am I going to make it or am I not? And yeah, every thought in your mind just, you know, it just, things kind of change from like a when to a what if type yep. of a yeah. situation. Yeah. And I was like, surely it would never happen again to us. And, you know, um, especially with the other pregnancy, you know, the last miscarriage being early on and stuff, I was like, the, and I learned that those are chemical pregnancies are, you know, common, especially nowadays where we test a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it doesn't make it any different. Obviously, that was still, you know, you wanted that baby. And yeah, but um, I was trying to find any bit of hope in my mind to like talk myself out of like the negativity. And it was super hard to do. But um, things started out okay with that pregnancy. And um, I, I was, I don't know, around six weeks or so. And 
I had some spotting and so I had called my doctor and they had brought me in and they did an ultrasound and they saw a heartbeat, but the dates were off. Like the baby was measuring off. So, um, from what it should have been. And there were, obviously I was trying and I knew, I mean, my body's pretty regular and I knew when I ovulated and I knew this was like way outside the window of, so they tried their best to reassure me like, Hey, you know, it's okay. Sometimes this happens. And like about, you know, the baby's measuring often or the baby measuring often. I just couldn't shake that feeling. And I just knew in my heart that this wasn't going to be good. This wasn't going to end up well. And so I waited another week. And, um, so I would have been about, I was eight weeks at that point. And, um, I called in and I just said, you know, I'm I'm having a lot of anxiety and I'm feeling like I've lost all my symptoms, like, you know, like I had I had told them about my first and my experience with that and they were like, yeah, sure, come in again and we'll you know, we'll we'll do what we have to do to reassure you and my doctor was awesome about that. And so I went in by myself to that appointment and I I mean, it was like I was living the first miscarriage all over again. It was as soon as they had the wand in there, I just knew. And this time I was more guarded, I think. And I, I wasn't at, like, I didn't have that initial, like, freak out right there in the office where I just, like, bah! you know, yeah. crying like crazy. But I, I was shocked and mm -hmm. just like, how, why are we going through this yeah. again? You know, and you definitely become more hard. Yeah, and you know I, what I mean. Like you just yeah. kind of like yeah. exactly. And I just couldn't believe. You know, how did I have this amazing daughter? You know, this pregnancy that I had with her. You know, and it, it developed perfectly, and everything was just fine. And I just couldn't believe. Like, what's going on with my body? I kept blaming myself and there's got to be something wrong with me. And so at that point, um, we did decide to do a DNC again. Um, the baby had passed a, the week before. Actually, the la the day that I had seen its heartbeat was the day that it had stopped growing. Um, and so um, we decided to go ahead and go with the DNC because I wanted it over again. I just mentally I needed to process this and I felt like dragging it on and waiting for my body to get with the program and recognize what was going on was just too much for me and so I did decide to go with the DNC again and um, this time I actually had to have a trans blood transfusion with this DNC um, I'm not really sure what was different about it <laughs> or anything. There was nothing that I think it was just like a fluke thing, but there was just more bleeding. Um, so the doctor, you know, recommended to wait a cycle or two with this one and which we did. And my husband actually was working out of state. Um, we live in Idaho and he was working in California. And so, um, trying to have a baby when he's gone for months at a time was not really the easiest thing to do. We were traveling there, but, you know, the dates didn't always match up. 
And so, um, we, I actually ended up renting a house over where he was working at and, um, that first month. So this, so I had that last, that third miscarriage in May of 2012. And in September of 2012 is when we moved, um, there for a short time. We just rented a house over there and I got pregnant the first week I was there. And, um, again, when I realized when I got the positive test, it was that feeling, it was more doubt than anything. And I was just like, of course, you know, when's this, I'm, I want to be so happy for myself. I want to be happy for us. I want to look forward. I want to honor this pregnancy and enjoy as much as I, you know, regardless of how it ends. But I was just, it was I couldn't get over those feelings and I was just, I felt doomed and like every pregnancy was never good. And so with that, that pregnancy, we were out of state and I was going to see a different OB until we moved back over to Idaho. But before I got in with the OB over there, I started bleeding heavily. And of course, where did my mind go? (laughs) I was like, well, this is it it's done and over with. And, you know, I was arguing with the doctors over there. They didn't, they're like, well, we don't see anybody before nine weeks. It doesn't matter if you're bleeding or not. We're not going to see you. And I was just like, so frustrated with that. And so I ended up calling my doctor's office because, um, after that third miscarriage, they had done some other blood tests, um, to see if I had like some clotting issues or anything going on. But they had never got back to me um, on that. So I just assumed that it was fine. And But I ended up calling the nurse and explaining to her what's going on. And I'm over 500 miles away from them. And she was like, um, so I pulled up your test results and something came back on um, your pro-thrombin time. Um, and she didn't really go into detail about it. She just explained that I clot faster than a lot of people. Um, I guess, like, the normal range can be up to, like, 15 seconds, and I was clotting in, like, one second. Okay. So, um, basically all they told me to do, she told me to do was start taking the aspirin, taking an aspirin. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... So I did that and, um, so I, but I was still concerned about the bleeding that I was having. It was kind of on and off, but it was, when it was on, it was a lot. And so I was expecting to miscarry, you know, and then a week went by and nothing had passed. And so I, I was, um, getting concerned. And finally one day I was just like, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to drive 500 miles and I'm going to go see my doctor. And so that's what I did. I got up at like four o'clock in the morning and I drove and I called, um, as soon as I got into Idaho, I called them and I was like, listen, I drove all morning just to get here. And they got me in and, um, I, it's funny how I sat down with the ultrasound tech and she was like super peppy and excited. And she's like, Oh, you know, is this your first pregnancy? And I explained to her what was going on. And then I was like, I'm not expecting to see anything good. <laughs> and um, she was just like, kind of like, what? You yeah. know, 
And I was just like, it was my way of like guarding my heart before. And I wanted her to know that I already knew what was going on. I didn't see. So you could just like, if you got news, it was good news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I don't know how to explain it, but I get Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I would rather be pleasantly surprised than yeah. disappointed, you so know? So it's either you're right or wrong, yeah. but good. Wrong. Yeah. You know please, I mean? please, please prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so anyway, she, she got with the ultrasound and there was my perfect little baby in there and... He was um, measuring actually a couple days ahead, which made me super excited. That made me kind of hopeful. Um, and he had a really good heart heartbeat. I was measuring about seven weeks at this point. Um, and so I was I was relieved to see his heartbeat. And but I wasn't. <laughs> this is kind of tricky. I, I was relieved, but not in a way. Um, every I was relieved that everything looked good. There was nothing negative. Like he wasn't measuring behind. His heart rate wasn't low. And so I, in that aspect, I was relieved. But seeing the heartbeat wasn't like an automatic like, okay, this yeah. is going to happen for me this time, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it turns out it was my time again. That's when my second child was born. And his, he's almost six now. And his name is Case. Um, his pregnancy was, you know, there was a couple bumps here and there. I had a little bit of preterm labor, um, and some bleeding with him. Um, but, um, and he also did have the, um, inter uterine growth restriction as well, but he was born at five pounds, eight ounces at 37 weeks. So still an okay size. Um, so, um, at that point, after we had the, the two kids and, um, we didn't really talk much about having more children at that point. Um, we just kind of were going with the flow of life. And mm-hmm. I guess if that, if something was to happen, then we would let that, you know, we would obviously be excited for that, but, um, it wasn't something that we were really trying for at that point. So, um, when my son was, so May of 2014, so he would have been just about 11 months old, um, my husband's brother passed away unexpectedly, and, um, it was kind of a, obviously a a difficult time in life, but it was a, a weird time also in our marriage, um, we weren't like divorcing, but we were kind of at a weird spot. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I wasn't sure if we would actually have more children. Um, so we, um, my brother-in-law passed away and we were, we traveled out of town to deal with, um, funeral arrangements and stuff like that. And I got a stomach ache on the way, <laughs> um, on the way over. And I thought, well, I have, I'm a stress eater (laughs) and I, they, a family member had brought over like six Subway sandwiches and I ate them all. (laughs) And I was like, maybe there was something on it. Cause they had sat out for a while on the counter and I was like, maybe the mayonnaise was bad and that's what's going on, you know? (laughs) But then I realized like my period had been due and 
so I went to the, I was like, well, it's probably nothing. And it's probably just the stress of dealing, you know, with the loss of our family member. And, but I was going to test anyways, just to see. And I was still nursing my son as well. So I, I guess I wasn't really shocked um, that it was late, but I was going to try anyway. So I got the test and came home and we had a house full of people, um, <laughs> you know, um, over here for my, um, to celebrate my brother-in-law. And I went into the bathroom like a crazy person. Why I took it while there was a house full of people. I don't know why, but it came up positive And I was just like in shock. I was just like, holy crap. What weird timing for one. I mean, we just lost somebody very, very near and dear to us. And I was like, this has to be a sign. This has to be a sign from my brother-in-law. And I freaked out and I came out of the room and I just like blurted it out in front of everybody. And I don't know what came over me, but I was, I don't know. I was just, it was such a weird moment for me. And everybody was so excited. And um, my mother-in-law, you know, her and I are kind of, we're, two peas in a pod and we got together and I was like I think this is a sign from Carson and you know she was she couldn't help herself either she was just like I think so too you know and we obviously in that time of really difficult grief we were just so thankful that this was happening but in the back of my mind I was thinking how am I going to deal with a miscarriage on top of dealing with the loss of somebody, a family member, you know, mm -hmm. and it was really hard for me to get to a point where I was, I don't know. I just, I, I hate the fact that I was so negative. I was, I, I wanted to be positive and I wanted to real, especially with the circumstances I wanted him to be, I wanted this pregnancy to be that miracle, you know? And, um, I remember at six weeks, I had that big old gush again. And at this time though, I thought to myself, um, there was two things. One that, that gave me hope. One was this happened in the pregnancy with my son, uh, my first son. And I was like, I bled a lot with him. And I, so this doesn't mean, it doesn't always mean. Mm -hmm. And I, I was Finding little bits of hope in that, you know, in my, like, shadow of doubt. And um, so I ended up going to the doctor, and he, it had a heartbeat, and everything was perfect, um, measuring fine. But um, at this point, my doctor was like, let's just bring you in every week, and um, just for your own sanity. And yeah. And so... Um, it ended things ended up perfect i he was a it was my most normal pregnancy that i've had out of all of my, out of all my children so it resulted in my third or my second son um his name's thaddeus and we named him after um my brother-in-law he has a huge name his name is thaddeus william carson hamley and um he lives up to his name and he I, I, his pregnancy, so I had never, ever had a back-to-back, -back, a successful back-to-back -back pregnancy. 
And so this was like a turning of a page for me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can do this. My body is getting with the program. I just had two back to back, two back to back pregnancies. And this last one was like cake. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I mean, the beginning was stressful, but um, it resulted in my biggest baby and he was seven pounds and nine ounces. My, as I said before, my other babies had the intrauterine growth restriction and had to be born early. And Thaddeus was hefty and was born at 38 <laughs> weeks. Born at 38. <laughs> he came on his own at 38. You know? So um, after him and after his first birthday, we decided um, we were going to go ahead and try for one more. Four was going to be our lucky number. And um, we had just bought a new uh, 2016 Forerunner, and w- which was like our dream car. We had worked so hard to get this vehicle for our family. And we had one more spot. We had a, one more spot in there for our magic number four baby. So um, we started trying in... I think it was about May, May of 2016. And so I had gotten pregnant. I got pregnant and found out on Mother's Day that I was pregnant that year. And uh, it, um, I'm just going to kind of like make this gap here short because there's not a lot to say about it. But ultimately, I ended up having five back-to-back miscarriages. Um between May of 2016 and January of 2017. So you had five in a row. Five in a row. And, and they all the three previous ones. Yep. Okay. And so I, um, this was really, they all happened um, by the six week mark. Um, so at this point after, I mean, they kept just happening and every time I would like be hopeful, like, Oh, this, surely this wouldn't happen again, happen again kind of thing. And they just kept happening. And so I, um, kind I, I decided that I'm just going to take a break. Obviously that was a lot. And if something should happen, then, you know, so be it, <laughs> I guess. Um, so fast forward after those five, we, so my youngest son had just celebrated his second birthday and, um, we kind of started talking again about trying, I guess we took a couple months off. So my last miss, but at those five, after those five, um, miscarriages, there was the last one I think was in October. So we took a break from October to January. Okay. And uh, so we decided we were going to start trying again or more actively trying, I guess you could say. I obviously was getting pregnant super easily. And so that's what I was, I was kind of confused on what was happening, you know, with, I thought something might be wrong, but we went and talked to the doctor and he was like, um, you know, honestly, I hate that. I hate saying this because but he's like it's just bad luck yeah you know and I I I, that's what most of us get told so yeah and I I hate I hate saying that and I Mm -hmm. I hate that term but that's 
that's basically what he said. And he was like, you know, when you're testing early, although I was still, I was making it, you know, past like my missed period and stuff. Um, so I wasn't, I was testing early, but I had just known a lot longer. Are I you guess kind I- of like, no, it doesn't matter that I'm testing early. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. It's still a pregnancy. My doctor would say the same thing to me. I'm yep. like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter and, that I tested early. The fact that, like, I knew I was pregnant versus not knowing I was pregnant, either way, it was a pregnancy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly yeah. that. And so... Ooh, I got heated there. <laughs> and, yeah, and no matter how hard I try, I I just cannot not test early. Like, yeah. that's just, like, in me. And it's, like, a comfort, almost. It's, it's like, an evil. Oh, but, yeah. but it's comfort, too. And so... Anyways, in January, I um, had missed a period and decided to test, or I almost, I was close to my period and I had tested and um, it was like a super faint line. I had asked my husband if he had, could see it and he said, yeah, but it was like really squinter status. And so I, that same day, I, so I took it in the morning and then I took another one later that afternoon and it was like, like it was blatant positive at this point. Like it was faint, but it was like there. And I was like, wow, my hormones like blew up, you know, just in like a 12 hour period, you know, but I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, well, maybe this is a good sign. You know, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe because my, in my other, those five miscarriages that I had between my last son and um, my next pregnancy, I would test every day and like, you know, line progression. I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and those lines would just basically stay the same and then they would go down, mm-hmm. you know, and go away. And so that's how I knew what was basically going on with that. But these tests, so I, we live in a, like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so the, like the big city we live outside of Boise, Idaho, which is the capital, um, is about an hour or 45 minute drive away. And so I ran out of tests. And so I waited two days to test again. And when I went to the, so I technically wasn't even late for my period yet. At this point, I went and grabbed a test and it was like, so positive and it was like I was like holy cow how are these so positive you know maybe I'm there's no way that I you know I kept thinking well maybe I'm further along than I think but there was really no way because I was tracking my cycle so you know I'm crazy about it (laughs) um and so we um a few weeks passed by and I started having a lot of pain that I had never had before not like crampy pains it was more like sharp stabbing um and so I started worrying about an ectopic pregnancy that and I had at this point I was about five weeks and I kept calling and I would get some random nurse at the doctor's office and she'd be like go in for betas well at that point I had already done betas in my five also in those other um five cluster miscarriages is what I'll call them um and I had gotten really bad anxiety from them and I wasn't finding the comfort that I was hoping that I would get from them. And so my doctor's like, stay away from betas. Don't do them. Don't do them again until you're comfortable. And she kept saying, you know, she kept telling me, 
to go get them. And I was like, I can't, like, you're not understanding. Like my anxiety is so bad with it. I drive myself insane just Mm -hmm. waiting for the call. And I, I could not mentally handle it. Like I was at this point, I was just like, if it's going to end, I want it to end because I, I was just at my wits end with it. And I ended up starting, I was spotting which didn't give me any comfort at all. And I was still kind of in that window, you know, like at five weeks, there's not usually a heartbeat that to be seen at that point, you could probably see a gestational sack and stuff like that. But my doctor's like, I don't want to bring you in and add unnecessary, you know, I want to bring you in when it's likely that we're going to see a heartbeat. And it's like more reliable if we don't, you know, like Mm -hmm. in the six, six weeks mark. And, um, so he, I've so I had told them that I wasn't going to do the betas anymore and I finally called back and I was like I want to talk to my doctor's nurse she knows me she knows what's going on she knows my history and I'm quite frankly pissed off now and I'm done playing your games you know I want you to take me seriously and so I talked my nurse called me back like immediately and she was like um oh, I can't believe that they haven't tried to get you in. At this point, I was like right at the six-week mark. Some days had gone by, and I was right at the six-week mark. And she's like, let's get you in tomorrow, which happened to be Valentine's Day. And I was like, great. You know, and my husband had the day off, and he was like, ah, you know, I'll be able to take you, and we'll go through this together kind of thing, you know. And that whole night, I just, I couldn't sleep. I was just so anxious and I just knew in my, I like, I felt like I knew in my heart that something was not right with this pregnancy. Something was definitely wrong and something was definitely different. And so we get to the appointment the next morning and the doctor came in and he had a, he asked if he could bring the student in and the doctor explained to the student kind of our history and what we've been through and, um, which I really loved. I actually loved that because he's like, I want he was doing it because he wanted them to get the understanding of like, yeah, that's so cool. And so, um, basically, you know, he was, he was optimistic, but he was like, you know, we've gone through this before. And if this is not a good outcome, you know, then we'll, you know, we're here and we will find the right choice for you, you know, what to do. And, um, so he got us into an ultrasound and we go back there and I told the ultrasound tech the same thing I told her in that one pregnancy that I don't expect to see anything, you know, so save the I'm sorry's and all that. I, I don't expect to see anything good and I'm prepared for that. So just know, <laughs> you know, and um, I'll never forget the moment that I looked up on that screen and it was apparent that something definitely was different (laughs) and it was not the different I was anticipating, but there was two heartbeats flickering on that screen. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I was like, is that two? And she's like, yep. Oh my God. And I, my husband was like, I told you we needed a bigger car. I told you we needed a bigger car. And I was like, oh my gosh. And immediately I just like laying there on the table. I was just like praying. I was like, oh my gosh, oh gosh, God, please let him live. Like, 
not only am I now having to worry about one baby, I'm like freaking out over another, you know. And I just couldn't even believe that that was me, that that was happening to me. And um, we go back into the <clears throat> into the doctor's office and he came in and he was just like, whoa. He's like, I feel like we have like seen it all with you, girl. Like you just whip out. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> like you have to do it the extreme way. And he was like, he explained to me that, um, you know, they were the safest form of twins. They were die, die twins. So two um, placentas and two separate sacs. And he said everything looked great. And, but I did have a subchorionic bleed. And, um, that, you know, obviously we would keep watch over that. And he told me that to come in every week and to reassure me that everything would be okay. And let me tell you, those weeks were like months waiting every week in between because I started bleeding like horrifically. (laughs) It was like murder scene bleeding and it was for weeks. I bled from about six weeks to 17 weeks is when it finally stopped and it was holy cow the most stress I had ever been under in my entire life just the fact that you went through all of this and you still look 28 (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) with all that stress and anxiety like that I'm sure you felt oh my goodness (laughs) yes I feel like I'm, I feel like a lot older, but <laughs> my doctor even said, he's like, gosh, you guys never age. I was like, I don't know how, because <laughs> I've gone through the ringer here, yeah. but everyone so- I can see her. She looks her age. <laughs> she actually looks younger than her age. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so the uh, the twin pregnancy um after 17 weeks hit it was actually um really amazing i i was so honored and so blessed oh my gosh i thanked god every single day and night and even at lunchtime about the it t- that he had given me these babies after just the hell that i had been through i just was so thankful and our family was so excited and uh we found out that they were um, boy girl, and which was like our dream. We were so hoping that they were boy girl because we had only had one girl um, at at that point. I had a daughter and then my two sons, and so now we have three sons and a daughter or two sons. Two. God, I don't even know what I have. <laughs> I have two daughters and three sons now. Um, and the twins were born premature, but it wasn't something that. Um, is it, it's not something that's uncommon in twin pregnancies. Mm -hmm. It happens. And, um, I just, my cervix decided that it was done. And so after the twins were born. You've put me through enough, girl. Yes. Yes. She's like, holy cow, what are you doing to me? Um, (laughs) so after the twins were born, we were pretty sure that we were done, uh, having kids just because, I mean, what more could you be blessed with? I mean. I I have the dream team. I have the dream family. We had to trade our 2016 Forerunner in for a passenger van. <laughs> so I always say that I, I traded the my dream car for the dream family. Yeah. 
So, um, but anyways, so we were pretty sure we were done. And um, my twins are now almost 20, almost 20 months old. And so they're busy and stuff. And, but uh, back in February, I had um, just kind of had a feeling that I might be pregnant again. Um, I just was feeling a little bit off. I was having a little bit of tummy issues. And so I just decided that I was going to test. And it came up positive, which at that point, I wasn't sure how I was, I wanted to feel, you know, um, I obviously was excited. I always wanted, I welcome more babies in what, you know, whatever, but, um, I, it was crazy how my mind instantly went to, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Because I, was pretty open and had said, you know, people had known her know that I have gone through several miscarriages and, you know, my twin pregnancy was a little bit rough, you know, and, um, I, so my thought was, oh my gosh, I can't share this with anybody because they're going to be like, you're crazy. You're being greedy. Why are you having so many kids? And, um, it sucks that I felt that way. And I was a little bit nervous to tell my husband about it because I knew that he would have similar um, feelings with with the situation. Of course, he would always we'll always welcome the baby and we're we're happy. Mm-hmm. But I don't want anybody to shell my parade. Mm-hmm. And that's like putting it nicely. And um, so we kept it quiet um, and. Things seemed to be going pretty smoothly. I mean, we were excited. We got used to the idea of having six kids. Obviously, we have a big enough vehicle for it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, our kids love having siblings. And it was just something that we were really, really looking forward to. And I had that feeling, like, the, the doubts, like, okay, well, there is a chance that I could lose this baby, you know. But after the twin pregnancy, I almost felt like I was invincible. Like, I had been restored in that my I was like, if my body can take care of two babies, it can definitely take care of one. And so, and if it can make it through that twin pregnancy, <laughs> then it can, you know, it can make it through anything. And so I, um, we didn't share with a lot of people. We did share with um, fr- uh, some of our close family members and you know our friends and stuff and if I was talking to somebody I might mention it to him it wasn't like a huge secret but it wasn't something that I was ready to like blurt out yeah yeah I wasn't ready to deal with um people and their negativity like as far as how many children I have and what I've gone through in my past like it's just I feel like it's nobody's business and um, our children are well taken care of and we have our children for the right, right reasons. You know, it's just something that we're, it's been something that we've wanted to do since day one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, a couple weeks into my pregnancy, um, I had some spotting. So I was just, a, I was five weeks actually right when, but I had known for about two weeks at that point. And they told me to come in and get a beta. And at this point, I was like, I think I'm in an okay place to get a blood draw. Like, I, I think I can handle it. As long as they order it stat and I can get it by the end of the day. 
and not have to sit here and wait. And so I went and got that first blood draw and it came back and it was a, it was a normal number. I'm sorry. I have something. It was a normal number. And I, so I was excited. I I felt like it was kind of on the low end, but I was like, meh, I, you know, they seem happy with it. And I feel like it is a good, I feel, I felt like it was appropriate and I just needed to get out of my own head. And really you can't tell anything until you have a second one anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I went back. So that was on a Friday and it was so Monday I went back in and had another, a repeat draw and I was so nervous about it. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to, you know, I don't know if I want to know about it. And, uh, it came back that it had gone up, but it didn't double. And then of course I started doing all the crazy research and they're like, well, sometimes it can take up to 96 hours. And after a certain point, you know, and I was just like, it didn't seem like I was fitting that. It just seemed like something was off. And so even though like nothing major was going on with my body, I did have that little bit of spotting, but it went away and I wasn't having any more. I wasn't really having any cramping or anything. Um, Ultimately, what I was afraid of was an ectopic. I had read that slow rising levels could be, yeah. um, you know, a, a sign of ectopic. So that kind of had me worried because I didn't want to, like, do any damage to my body. And um, I just wanted to find out sooner than rather than later, obviously. And uh, anyways, um, they, they kept doing the blood draws and they would rise, but they weren't doubling. And it just seemed like they got slower and slower. Um, and so they finally got to a point where they're like, well, let's just do an ultrasound. And I was supposed to be six weeks, I think six weeks and four days when I got into the ultrasound. And when we did the, uh, when they measured the baby, like they couldn't even, like it wouldn't even register the length of the fetal pole wouldn't even register on their little measuring guide or whatever. So, and the sack was measuring like five weeks and three days. So I was like, there's no way that would have meant that if I was truly that, that would have meant that I found out that I was pregnant when I ovulated. (laughs) And that's not, yeah, obviously that doesn't happen. Um, so I knew right then and there that something was I knew that it wasn't going to be a good pregnancy. And at this point, it was, you have to wait it out, you know. And at, at the ultrasound, the baby did have a heartbeat. And it was um, 672, I believe. And which is, like, extremely low. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I never had, even, like, early on in my pregnancies, my, when, like, they say the heartbeat first starts beating, you know, I'd never had anything lower than like 94 or something like that in my other pregnancies. And so that didn't really give me any hope at all. And so I, we met with the doctor and basically he said, you know, um, we have to wait it out. You know, um, the baby still has a heartbeat and, um, termination, even though things weren't looking amazing, terminating the pregnancy, like, I couldn't, uh, personally, it's not something that I could have done. I did not want to be the person that stopped that baby's heartbeat, even if 
you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. meant the baby wasn't going to be born, you know? Totally. And uh, so he's like, come back in a week and we'll reevaluate the situation. Well, given the fact that things look so grim in that first ultrasound, we all anticipated it to that we would be getting the no heartbeat at this next appointment the next week um, and that we would be able to move forward, um, you know, and, and just move on and be able to grieve. And because it's for me, it was really hard. I didn't, I, it was hard for me to start grieving. Of course I was upset and I knew that something might was going to happen, but it's hard to grieve something when it's not a reality yet. Yeah. And, um, I'm sorry, my throat. Um, So we went to the next appointment and they did the ultrasound. And to my surprise, that little baby was fighting so hard. (laughs) Its little heartbeat was only beating 64 beats per minute. And it was, um, it had grown. So at this point, I was... Um, it was measuring about six, six weeks in one day, which was like almost two weeks behind where I was at. And, um, so I get that kind of, that was a very, very tough, um, ultrasound for me to go to because I was expecting for, to get the news that, you know, baby has passed and we can start moving on with the, you know, moving on with the next steps yeah yeah uh, so they the doctor came in and basically he was just like ricky this baby has a heartbeat and you know he's like i'm good with whatever you want to do you know and i was like i'm not terminating and he's like thank god and he was just like it's just not something that he he's like he doesn't do that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. there and um I mean, he he would do a DNC if the mother wanted that to happen. And since, you know, obviously things were not looking good, but he's like, there's a heartbeat and, you know, I want you to, you know, make the right choice for yourself. And I, did, like, I chose to, and it was difficult, you know, I, I wanted to be done so badly, but there was just no way that I could terminate that pregnancy. And I was like he said let's come back in a week and I was like there's no way I can wait a week there's no way I'm gonna be able to wait a week for another ultrasound I'm like going insane (laughs) and he was like okay come back let's do a blood test today let's do a beta and see where your levels are at and see if they've started to go down and then do a repeat on Monday because this was a Friday do a repeat on Monday and see if they've gone down so I did that And my levels had come back, and they had gone up. And they actually had gone up quite a bit, but not enough, not enough for like what with what to you would, that at that point. Like it was like a le- yeah, it was like eleven day doubling time at this point. Okay. And so I when I ended up following up with with the other with the other blood test and the next, the following week and it came back and my levels had dropped, but they had only dropped 150. And at that point I pretty much went insane. I 
was like, what is, the nurse called me and she had said that. And I was like, what is going on? Why is my body not recognizing this? And this poor baby is like suffering in there in my eyes. Like I'm feeling like it's just dragging it on. And it was breaking my heart because I was like, what do I do? What do I do? You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I'm sorry, this is so, like, fresh in my mind yeah, still. No. I, this I one's mean, hard to talk about. Definitely. So, um, I, I had talked to the nurse, and she's like, well, there's three options. You can take the, the pill, um, but, you're, you know, he, I, she hadn't talked to the doctor yet. She said, you can take the pill, we can do the DNC, or we can wait it out two weeks and see. And I was like... She's like, but we'll talk to the doctor in the morning and he'll call you back. Well, she called back that next morning and she's like, he wants you to have an ultrasound because he wants to make sure that since your levels had gone up and they're kind of only going down slowly, he wants to still make sure that there is no heartbeat for for me, basically, like to know that the baby had passed and that, you know, I was, uh, I would be okay to make that decision. And, um... So she's like, my scheduler will have to call you and which I was fine. I was thinking, okay, they're going to get me in today or tomorrow, you know, and then scheduler called me back and she's like, can we can get you in, um, which was like the soonest they, they, they were going to get me in was a week away. And I was like, no. And I instantly lost it. Like I went full on. I, I don't even know how to describe to you what happened but I was sobbing and I was just I demanded to talk to a nurse and I was like if this is how it's gonna be if they're gonna make me wait so long like then I would much rather just do this on my own and just disconnect from the doctor's office and and cope with this on my because I'm tired of doing it on your schedule and I am going insane you know playing all you know reading these numbers and waiting for tests and so he, um, they and you're got doing back all of this as a mom of five. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's what was, that was the hardest thing is that, you know, I, my kids were on spring break too during this time. And I was just like, I need, you know, I want to deal with this as, as quickly as possible. Obviously, we can't the, stop the baby's heart like on our own time. But, you know, if it's done, if the baby has passed, I want to move on. I want to move forward. And, they got that in their head finally. I just had to go crazy. And um, so they were like, let's cut, get you in today. And I was like, okay, I'm getting in my car right now and I'm driving there. And we got there and um, the ultrasound tech just thought it was my routine type thing. Like, oh, you know, your first ultrasound. And I was like, no, you know, we are confirming. We're, this is an ultrasound to confirm that my baby's heartbeat has stopped, you know, and She's like, oh, you know, and um, she sat there and that poor lady, she zoomed in on every angle and just like, I know, like in her head, she was just like, come on, come on, just let's, let's find something, you know, and I knew, you know, like I was already prepared for this and I honestly was like, I was so thankful that that poor baby was not like suffering anymore. 
I was going to say that had to have been a really weird feeling to be yeah. like almost relieved. And I feel terrible. Like I say it, I said it to my doctor. I was like, I feel like shit saying that I'm so thankful that that baby has passed, mm-hmm. but it's in the best way, in the most motherly way that you can like imagine. Because in my head, that baby was sick. Something was not right. And, you know, like, it just was such a difficult process to go through for the, just to get to the point, you know, I slowly watched my baby, you know, pass away. And it was hard to witness that. And it, to me, like, it makes it even harder because, like, those weeks would go by that you know that whole week went by and that baby's heartbeat was still beating so slowly and it was still living like it was fighting to live and it it just sucked it was just a a terrible situation and um so when the doctor came in he was like you know what what do you want to do you know what and I kind of had, you know, in the past, I just jumped in with the DNC, but in this case, I felt differently about it because I was like, I've already said, like, I'm so happy. I'm not happy, but I'm thankful that my baby's heartbeat had stopped, you know, so we could move on with this process and I could grieve this baby. I felt like taking the DNC route was like treating it like it was nothing. And that I wasn't honoring my baby in the right way. And so, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, but he reassured me that, you know, that that wasn't the case. And that, you know, he said that the DNC probably would be the best route because my body was not with my history for one just not my body just hanging on you know for weeks and weeks and um so he got me he got me talked to the like into the right headspace where I was like okay this is gonna be okay and this is the right choice for me and that I can still honor my baby but um so we schedule it for the next morning so my husband could be there. And um, I was, I did, I mean, I handled it well. Like, I'm proud of myself. Um, I obviously am emotional about it, but I handled it so well going in there. And I remember my doctor, when they wheeled me back to the OR, and my doctor was holding my hand and rubbing my shoulder, and he was just like, you need to let all those negative things go because this baby was so loved and so wanted and that I was not dishonoring it by choosing this route. And then I woke up and it was over and I, I'm only about a week past um, that day at this point and uh the first few days were really rough and I just wasn't sure like how to deal with my emotions with so many things like I'm upset that I lost my baby that I wanted and 
but I was also, uh, I'm upset that I had those initial feelings about caring what other people thought about me having six children and my history with my pregnancies and stuff. I had that thought of, like, why did I care? Why didn't I, like, scream at the top of a mountain to everybody that I have a blessing inside me and I'm excited? I don't care if you are, but we are. And that, honestly, is my biggest regret that I let that take over me and that I didn't share with people how amazing, like, how blessed I truly was to even have that baby for that short amount of time. And so, um, that's what ultimately led me to reach out to you, um, because I feel like it's important. I don't feel like anybody should ever, no matter their situation, I don't feel like anybody should, uh, be ashamed, <clears throat> be ashamed to, you know, express it and, and share, share that they have gone through this or, you know, especially if they get pregnant again, like... I don't feel like they should feel like they have to hide it just because, you know, they have of their past of what has gone on in their past. So, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that's so long. No, you are amazing. Honestly, like I'm hearing this for the first time along with everybody else, and I'm just like, you're such a badass. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I try not to get emotional about it. (laughs) No, I mean, I think you're real, you know, and your story is going to touch so many people. And the fact that you did jump on and share after, you know, like this, this part of your journey that you just shared just was, it went up all the way to a week ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just, you're so brave and I'm proud of you. And I, I hope that like, I'm so weird with words and I like and everybody is so sensitive I just don't want to like I hope that nothing I said was like (laughs) yeah I know you mentioned this the other day on Instagram too about people you know saying things that trigger other people and that's like everybody's story is so different and everybody perceives them so so differently and use Mm -hmm. you know everybody has own words to describe it and I just to anybody (laughs) who is I I did not if I said something I I Meant everything with the best of intentions, so yeah. And no had to say that how, too. <laughs> yeah, no matter how you share your story, you're probably gonna offend somebody, but it's your story, yep. and that's what matters. And you're gonna relate to a lot more people and heal a lot more people and yourself than you yep. will offend. So yeah, oh yeah. Well, and that's how it is in everything that you do in life. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can never please sure. them all. You're exactly. never always somebody's cup of tea. And we shouldn't, and we shouldn't worry about pleasing everybody either. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I have two questions for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, did you get the job? <laughs> I did actually. Okay. <laughs> I did get the job, and okay. I, I didn't um, keep it for very long. I okay. got, I did get horrible morning sickness in that pregnancy, and it just, I was on my feet a lot, and basically, I was working just to pass time. <laughs> at that point and so um yeah I didn't stay there very long I wasn't able to stay very long but 
it was fun while it lasted (laughs) yeah okay well good for you and also I would like to ask you if you had any piece of advice for somebody else going through this what would that be honestly like as I said at the end I mean this probably won't pertain to everybody because everybody um has their different uh feelings when it comes to this but don't let what other people like what you think other people are going to say or do or even like their negative cloud affect how you want to go about it like Mm -hmm. like I said I wanted once we were my husband and I had discussed you know like pregnant and we're happy and we're gonna you know this is a good time in our life we I wish I would have just ran to the top of the mountain and said I'm pregnant and I'm proud of it and I'm so excited and I you know I I hope that everybody else will you know nobody else I don't like the guilt that I live with for not for not sharing it so yeah yeah for sure I love that um good piece of advice I think yeah now if somebody wants to reach out to you if they share a similar story where are they able to do that um so I do have Instagram um it's Ricky Hamley or I think it's Ricky underscore Hamley um and then the and seven at the end because I have seven people yeah yeah (laughs) and I'll I'll put that in the description as well so that people can just easily find you I also have Facebook too but Instagram is probably easier I kind of have taken a little bit of a break from uh, Facebook just because not I've not because of what's going on, but it also has helped. Um, Facebook yeah. is kind of a, a weird spot. I agree. So um, Instagram, I find I am having a little bit better. I'm not, um, I don't know. I'm not really sure about the social media yeah, <laughs> right now. But much, Instagram is much easier to connect with the people who yeah. you want. Yeah, <laughs> and I plan to share I plan to share a lot more on my Instagram um, than I have on my yeah. – I used to use Facebook a lot more, but now yeah. I, I – Instagram is more my my thing now. Yeah, so. yeah. and you have quite the, me story, there. quite the story to share. 28 <laughs> yes. years old, my goodness, and you yes. have lived a life. Yes, that and it, it's been – so – like I look back and I, I asked my husband or I told my husband this morning, I was like, Oh, I have to um do the podcast thing today and he was like, Well, do you feel like this is gonna be healing or this is gonna hurt you more? And I was like, Well, I absolutely know it will be healing for me. Mm-hmm. And I also am like, I feel like my story is super inspiring, honestly. And I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but beep beep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I have, if I didn't have the perseverance that I do have, like, I would not have the children I have today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I kept on keeping on regardless how many times I got kicked down. I still got up again. And even though there was times that I was just like, God, why do I do this to myself? There's no regrets. Like, I am sad for my babies that I have waiting for me in heaven, I'm sad that I never got to hold them or love on them or get to know them. But I'm so 
thankful for the lessons and the little lessons in life that they have each one of them have taught me yeah um, I would not be me I would not be Ricky the Ricky I am today without what has happened and yeah. so I'm I think there's a lot in my story like a lot of like oh my gosh you know but there's so much more positivity than there is negative negativity if you just look on the bright side of it yeah definitely and I don't know if you know this but I I wrote an ebook about my experience um it's called life after miscarriage and I have it on Amazon and you should write one too (laughs) and if you need help I can help you (laughs) okay yeah I actually saw that you had an ebook and I we I was gonna get it while we were traveling and then I totally spaced it until this morning and I was like, ah, I need to get that. I need to look at that. But yeah, I'll look into that. You should you should I mean it's almost like journaling and it helps other people too. So it's a win win, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. just like journaling down your experiences and mm-hmm. kind of just like putting it out into the world and letting other people heal from it as well. It's very similar to doing a podcast like this, you know, where it's very healing for both sides. And if you do ever want to do it, it was really simple and I can help you. Oh, definitely. I probably will so. take you up on that because that's yeah. interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. I, I feel like another thing like with this, with the miscarriage and stuff, like miscarriages, I feel like this is something that the especially after this last one it kind of was like another wake up call where I was like hey this is something that you need to like you need to speak out about you need to share your experiences and like let others share their experience with you and like I remember this is another thing when I got out of the DNC we stopped and got Panda Express which is I don't know if you guys have that there but Chinese food and the first um what are they called fortune cookie that I opened up said that you are a leader. And I was like, holy shit. This is me. This is like, I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you were like my first step. And I was so thankful when you got back to me. I, when I wrote you, I was like, there's no way she'll even get back to me. But, and I I was like, I answer all my messages. It's like, it's like what I do all day. (laughs) Bless you. You Seriously. I, I'm sure it's so tiring. And I was like, oh gosh, she's probably like, easy crazy lady I didn't know how you went about like getting your stories and stuff and I was like I don't know if I should reach out and be like hey I have a story or you'd be like okay crazy lady (laughs) back up like this is how I go about it this podcast is here for anybody to share their story so um yeah ladies listening reach out (laughs) this is here for you um Seriously, though, yeah, your story needs to be heard. And I always say it's not why me, it's because I'm me. And because you are you, that is why you've gone through what you've gone through. And it's because you're going to do something with it. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yes, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, Right back at you, Ricky. Let's keep in touch. And again, I'll help you with anything. Okay. (laughs) For sure. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest, so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.